course, kind of like Beauty and the Beast, ain't it? That was beautiful. Thank you. Folks, we're going to continue our sermon series and studying the, the Ten Commandments. So if you would, find in your Bibles again this morning, Exodus chapter 20. <clears throat> Exodus chapter 20, we'll be looking at the fourth commandment this morning. We'll begin reading in verse 8. It says, remember, and I'm reading, I'm using the NASB this morning. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner or foreigner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Father, as we study this familiar passage, perhaps familiar with many of us, I pray we would do so with an open mind and open heart. We would desire what it is that you're saying and would desire to hear specifically from you this morning. I pray you'll clear my mind, give me the words I need to say, call to my mind what I've studied, and I pray you'd be glorified in Christ's name, amen. Folks, I want to read you something, and I think it'll make you tired just listening to it. <clears throat> it says, uh, there are 365 days in the year, but you take weekends off, so you have to subtract 104 days, that leaves you with... 261 working days. But you only work 8 hours a day. The other 16, you're either sleeping or tending to your own business, so you have to subtract 174 days. That leaves 87. But wait, we're not through subtracting yet. You eat lunch every day, although lunch hours vary. <clears throat> it is estimated that the average worker consumes 45 days per year at lunch. Coffee breaks, you can figure 21 days over the course of a year. Take those 21 days from the 42 left from the last calculation. That leaves you with 21 days to get your work done for the year. From those 21 days, you have to subtract uh, two weeks vacation, 10 working days. Continues with a subtraction, 10 from 21 actually leaves you 11 full work days for the entire year. But then, of course, you don't work on Christmas, New Year's, Independence Day, or Thanksgiving. Most places, businesses, now allow 10 paid holidays per year. After subtracting the 10 paid holidays from the 11 days remaining, you got one full work day to your credit, and now you want to take that one off as well. Sometimes, folks, I think it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? Have you ever been that way where you feel like you're trying to get one full year into one day? Well, it's hard to believe, but the command we're looking at today, the longest of the Ten Commandments, deals with one simple thing. You know what that is? Taking a break. Just simply put, taking a day off. Now, it fascinates me that God had more to say about taking a day off than He did about murder, than He did about uh, stealing, than He did about adultery. There are 94 words in this command. The, again, the longest of the commandments, and, and it's almost... As if God is saying, listen, I'm deadly serious about this. This is not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Now, folks, when I read this commandment, I'll be honest with you. I have to ask the question, how in the world did this break God's top ten list? I mean, to, uh, a commandment for us to take. Did, did God uh, 
did he not have anything else to put in there and he really needed ten? I mean, did he just want a round number? Could he not think of anything better to give us? Because I'm going to tell you something. In the society that we're living today, to keep this commandment, you literally have to swim against the tide of our culture. You really have to go against the, the, the culture, uh, cultural current of our society today. Because for many people, to take a day off and just simply think about God and devote your time to Him, for many folks, that seems to be absolutely ridiculous. Billionaire Bill Gates one time was asked why he didn't believe in God. This is what he said. He said, just in terms of allocation of time resources, religion is not very efficient. There's a lot more I could be doing on a Sunday. And I know there may be some folks in here today, and to some extent, maybe you say, well, I can kind of understand where he's coming from. You know why you can kind of understand where he's coming from? I'll give you one reason. We kind of talked about this before. It's because technology has lied to us. Technology has told us we're going to make your life less cluttered, less controlled, and less confusing. Well, let me ask you one question, and we've talked about this. Has the cell phone done that for you? Yeah, people kind of giggle about it. But the honest truth is, with all this technological advancement and devices we have today to save time, why is it, folks, that we have so little time for the things that are really important, for the things that really matter? Someone said it seems like all we've done with all this technology is just increase speed and noise. I think they're right. Now, if you've ever wondered whether the Ten Commandments were given for the family or not, I believe this commandment here uh, ought to convince you. Because it's, it's never been, I believe, in my opinion, it's never been more important for the family today to spend time together as a family and as a family spend time together with God. That needs to happen today in our homes, in our society. As a Christian family, God's given us a special day. And if we use it properly, if we enjoy it the way it should be, it could be one of the finest things that a family does together. Do you realize, maybe you don't understand this, you've never thought about it, before God gave the government, the state... And before God gave the church, and even before God gave the home, God instituted the Sabbath. That was His first institution, His day. And it's the oldest of the Ten Commandments. And I know you're thinking, preacher, how can you say it's the oldest? They were all given at the same time. Well, the principle behind this commandment goes all the way back to the creation of the world. All the way back to Genesis chapter 2 and verse 2. It says, God rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. And then to mark the occasion, verse 3 of Genesis chapter 2, it says, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. Do you realize the first time God blessed anything, He blessed a day for us to take off? Now, I want you to listen to me. When God took a day off, it wasn't because God was tired. God doesn't get tired. What He was doing was setting an example. He was introducing a maintenance plan for the human race. And God was so serious about this, He chose to make Himself an example. Now, always keep this in mind. The word Sabbath literally means rest. Think about this. There are three parts to every human being. There's a mental part, a physical part, and a spiritual part. And I'm telling you, every seven days, we need to get our mental, our physical, and our spiritual batteries recharged. Because God has made us in such a way, if we don't do that, we're going to run down. Now that leads me to share with you this morning, 
how we keep this commandment. Point number one, look at verse 8. With a mind, we're to remember the Lord's day. He says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Look at that first word, remember. Imagine that, a command. God gives us a command to remember something, and that made God's top ten. Now, why does God tell us to remember? Well, let me ask you a question. What do you remember with? You say, well, with your mind, preacher. Absolutely. And I believe what God is telling us is that everybody needs a mental break. You need, friend, I need, we all need a once a week break from what you do the other six days of the week. And in that one day, you need to remember what God does for you every day of the week. Now, there were actually two things that God told the children of Israel to keep in mind or to remember. First off, they were to remember what they had already heard about the Sabbath before this time. You said, what had they heard about it? Well, if you... Let's write Exodus 16 down. In Exodus chapter 16, remember God provided food for the nation of Israel every day. And it was called manna. Now, God, if you don't know the story, let me recap real quick for you. Every day God would send bread from heaven called manna. The children of Israel would go out every morning. They would pick up what they needed for that day. And God told them, just get what you need for that day. And the reason God did, God was showing them, I'm going to take care of you each and every day. Look to me, I'll provide what you need. Well, when God first providing, first started providing that bread from heaven, that manna, there were some people who got greedy. Imagine that. They must have been Baptist. They uh, uh, went out, and instead of collecting for one day, they collected for two or three days. But what they found out was the food that they didn't eat the day that they collected it, and the next morning it was rotten, had worms. Wasn't any good. Now, God told them every day, you get what you need for that day. And then on the day before the Sabbath, God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to collect enough for two days so you don't have to work on the Sabbath. Now, God assured them that they'd have enough food for both days. And they did. You say, what is, how does this apply to us today? Well, today, God, folks, I'm telling you, gives us all we need in six days so we don't have to work on the seventh day. You say, well... You're one of those that don't believe in working on Sunday. I spent almost 30 years of my life at times having to work on Sunday. Let me tell you something. Sometimes that ox is in the ditch. You don't have any choice. you got to pull it out, even if it's Sunday. So I understand. There are certain uh, jobs that you have. Maybe you work shift work or rotation. You don't have a choice. But the principle still remains the same. You need to remember with your mind the Lord's day. Now you talk about a revolution and a revelation for the Israelite people. I mean, they were a 24-7 culture. They had just gotten out of slavery down in Egypt. Now I don't know if you've ever studied much about slavery, but I'm pretty sure if you're in bondage and in slavery, you don't have any weekends. You don't have any vacations. There's no coffee breaks, okay? God had to teach them to literally take a day off. And the reason why it's so important for them to do so was God was wanting to prove the point that if you'll give me one day in seven, that shows me that you're devoted to me, and it also shows me that you trust me for the other six days of the week. I'm going to say a name here. Some of you may know who I'm talking about. Uh, Truett Cathy. How many of y'all know who that, that was? Anybody? Are you kidding me? He was a founder of Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. My brother says that's what manna from heaven was. It was Chick-fil-A and sweet tea. <clears throat> Truett Cathy, who founded Chick-fil-A, he was a devout Christian. And uh, when, you, when I say Chick-fil-A, two things ought to automatically come to your mind. One, of course, is chicken. 
The other one ought to be the fact that they never have been, never will be open on Sundays. The only time they've ever opened on Sunday was because of a catastrophe or natural disaster of some kind, and they were serving the community. Now, Truett Cathy, the founder, he passed away, I think, 2014, but he was asked years ago, why is it that your restaurants are not open on Sunday? And again, he was a devout Christian. This is what he said. He said, we believe that on Sunday, our employees ought to be with their families in church worshiping God. And they said, do you not worry? Are you not concerned about missing out on that revenue on Sundays? And with a smile, he said, uh, invariably, he said, in every shopping mall or shopping center, wherever we have our restaurants, he said, invariably, we take in more revenue in six days than the other restaurants do in seven days a week. Now, folks, that shouldn't be hard to believe if you believe in this commandment right here. We're told in this commandment this is something we don't just remember once in a while, but we're to remember every week. Now, remembering, that involves more than just your memory. When you remember something, you throw your whole heart into it. So let me put it to you like this. Remembering the Sabbath, it's like remembering your anniversary. Now, I'll use myself as an example, and Marcia, because she's not here, so I can do that. Uh, say any given year, on August the 11th, Marcia comes to me and says, do you know what today is? Do you remember what today is? And I say, well, sure, it's our anniversary, our wedding anniversary. But there's no cards. There's no flowers. There's no gift. There's no dinner. There's nothing. I'm telling you, it would be a special anniversary because it would probably be the last one I would ever see in this world. Remember, folks, when you remember the Lord's Day, it means that you show your love for God on that day in a special way. It's a special day. We need this day mentally. We need this day emotionally. Because of our technologically advanced society, I'll just be honest, a lot of us here, we don't experience the physically stressed, uh, battered muscles or calloused hands or, or, or bodies that are worn out and tired physically. But we do, I think all of us, do experience the mental and the emotional stress that comes from schedules that are too full. That are filled with way too many people, too many demands, too many phone calls, too many texts, too many meetings, too many appointments, and too many deadlines. So with our mind, we need to remember the Lord's day. But the second thing I want you to see, with our body, we're to rest on the Lord's day. Do you know something unique about this fourth commandment? It is the, uh, it's stated positively, positively and negatively, and this is the only commandment that does this explicitly. Look at verse 8. Here's the positive first. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now look at verse 10. Here's the negative. The seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. God says this is the day that you close the calendar. You go off the clock. You put away the to-do list and you rest your body. Do you realize, folks, this commandment, keeping this commandment, that's the biblical answer to the workaholic. I'll say it again, God made the whole world in six days, and then He rested. And He didn't rest because He was tired, because God does not get tired. God rested for the same reason that we have rests and we have pauses in music. You ever thought about this? The reason that we have pauses and rests in music is because the musicians, they don't get tired. But what they want to do is, folks, they want a pause for emphasis. They want a pause for reflection so that you and I, we can think about what's just been played and we can allow it to settle into our hearts and we can meditate on it and think about it. 
Do you realize God has made this world in such a way where everything and everybody needs rest from time to time? Do you realize even dirt needs rest? Yeah. You know anything about farming? You know, farmers, a lot of times, they will, they will take a, a, a track of land and they won't plant the same crop in it year after year after year. And the reason they do is because, uh, say they plant corn one year. Well, they won't plant corn the next year. A lot of times they'll plant something else. And I know nothing about farming. I just know this. Maybe it'll be beans. And the reason they do that, the corn draws nutrients out of the, the dirt, out of the ground that the beans will put back in. But I'll tell you something else farmers also do. A lot of times they'll take a track of land and they'll let it lay dormant for a year or more at a time. You say, why? Because even dirt needs to rest and recoup. The reason why the fourth commandment is so important is because, and listen to me, it puts you in control of your work rather than letting your work control you. And when you take a Sabbath day, friend, and when you take a day just for the Lord, you're looking work in the eye and you're saying, I'm not your slave. You don't control my life. I can put you down and put you in your place for the next 24 hours. Now, I know there are people that say, well, I believe working all you can. You ought to work all you can. I, I heard about a preacher one time where a lady tried to get a hold of him on his day off and he told her, he said, ma'am, I'm sorry, but I was off. She said, well, I'll tell you, preacher, the devil don't take a day off. Preacher said, yeah, and if I didn't take a day off, I'd be just like him. Do you want that? <laughs> but let me ask you something. Whose example would you rather follow? The devil's or the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus said in Mark 2, verse 27, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. My friend, by, by the way, let me tell you, that ought to tell you that all these commandments that God has given us, they're not to hurt us, they're to help us. They're not to be a burden to us, they're to be a blessing to us. I want you to look at verse 10. I want you to notice again the implication, not only for the individual, but, but for the family and also for the business. Look at verse 10. And I want to read this out of one of our new modern English translations. It says, But the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any kind of work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. God immediately goes to the family. And he says when it comes to work and leisure, he says one of the greatest things that parents can do for their kids is teach them to take a day off to worship and to rest. Listen, church, that ought to tell you something. The Sabbath day is a day that you and your family should spend together and spend with God. Now, God was so concerned about everybody resting, he said the individual ought to rest, the family ought to rest, the city ought to rest, business ought to rest, and even animals ought to rest. We need to make sure, folks, that Sunday, the Lord's Day, is a day of rest. With our mind, we remember the Lord's Day. With our body, we rest on the Lord's Day. Now, the third and final thing I want you to see, with our spirit, we're to rejoice in the Lord's Day. There's a word I want you to see at the beginning of this commandment and at the end. The commandment opens this way. Look at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now I want you to look at verse 11. It ends this way. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So twice we're told this day is not just an ordinary day. It's a holy day. The reason it's holy is because it was set apart from the different other days of the week. It's one in which people not only do no work, but they remember that it's the Lord's day. You need to remember something. There is more to the Sabbath, this, this rest day, than the absence of work. There is the presence of worship. And it needs to go together. 
The Sabbath in the Old Testament and Sunday in the New Testament, they had something in common. The Lord's people gathered on that day for worship, and that's why it's called in verse 10, look at it again, the Sabbath to the Lord. The Old Testament Israelites gathered at the tabernacle on the Sabbath on Saturday while in the New Testament because Jesus was raised from the dead on Sunday. And I know I've had people want to argue this point for years. But you trace the history of the church back far as you want to go. And you're going to see the Lord's Day. They began worshiping on the Lord's Day. Why? It was a new beginning. Jesus rose from the dead that day. The purpose remained the same, even though the day might have changed. Early Christians knew in the Sabbath, they were to worship without work. The Lord's Day, and let me say this, it's primarily and uh, preeminently a day of worship, a day to focus on God, a day for a spiritual tune-up. The tragedy is many people now just simply take the day off. I mean, they use it to take care of their mind and to take care of their body, but they neglect the most important part of their self, the spirit. And most Americans have taken Sunday, which is to be a holy day, and it's simply become a holiday. The problem with that is, listen, friend, if all you ever do is work and play, then you begin to think that all there is to life is work and play. I want to tell you something. There's more to life than just working and playing. I know there are some people who don't obey this commandment because they say, well, that Sunday's the only time I had to spend with my family." Can I speak two things to you on this? Please listen to me. First of all, to me, there's no better place to spend with your family on God's day than in God's house with God's people worshiping God. But secondly, let's be honest about it. If Sunday's the only time you got set aside for your family, you need to reorder your priorities. Because what you're saying is, my family's not important really any other day of the week. Let me share it with you. Let me give you a verse. Share with you what the Sabbath day is really supposed to do for you and your family. Isaiah 58, beginning verse 13. If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable and honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure and speaking your own word, then you will take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I want you to listen to me. One of the greatest things a parent can do for their children is to be in church with their children and bring their children to church. Why do you think David said Psalm 122? I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. David said, man, I look forward to that day. I look forward to that day when I get to spend it with God and His people. Why is that? Because there's a refreshing, a recharging of the spiritual batteries. There's a bringing together of the family. And there's also a teaching of the children of what really is important in life. And what really matters when you set aside a day for God and His Word. Incidentally, you're also remembering, and I preached on this every Sunday, that Jesus Christ is alive. We didn't walk through the doors of this church house this morning to, uh, for a funeral sermon and to, you know, mourn a corpse, did we? Did we? Jesus Christ is alive. Our Lord lives. Now, I'm going to tell you, we're the only ones that can say that. People say, well, you know, other people believe. Again, what you believe has no bearing on reality. Jesus is alive. 
And every Sunday ought to remind us that He conquered death and the grave and He lives forevermore. In fact, folks, the day that Jesus came out of that grave, it set a new precedence. Each and every Sunday, Christian ought to be Easter Sunday to you. I want to say this. Mom and dad, your children, they ought to know that your worship on Sunday is more important than your work on Monday. That's one of the greatest lessons you'll ever teach your family. And I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm going to start closing here. I want to challenge you as your pastor to do something. You see, you and I, we're a lot, in many ways, like an automobile. Just like an automobile has gauges that you can check to make sure that things are functioning properly. Well, God's given us three gauges by which we can give ourselves a checkup. We have a mental gauge, a physical gauge, and a spiritual gauge. So check yours for a minute. Mentally, let me ask you something. Are you absolutely running on empty? Are you mentally exhausted? Are you, you, you just so tired you can't focus? Or are you charged up and ready to do what God wants you to do with passion? Physically, are you rested? Are you fit? Are you as healthy as you can be? Spiritually, are you walking with the Lord each and every day? You say, what's your challenge, preacher? Here it is. For the next 90 days, take one day a week just for the Lord and allow Him to refresh and to recharge you mentally, physically, and spiritually and see how much more productive, peaceful your life will be. Just take that challenge. We need the Sabbath day. We need to change, folks, our routine. We need a mental change. We need to take a break and and think about what's really important in life. We also need a physical change. We need to get out of that office, the school, the plant, the store. Get out of the whatever environment we're stuck in six days a week and get to a new environment where we can be encouraged by other people. We also need a spiritual change. We need to be in a church where God's Word is preached and taught and where we can fellowship with other people who believe that God and His Word are important as well. Sometimes, you know, you'll see in a Cemetery, you see a tombstone says rest in peace. Well, I'm going to make something real clear to you. There'll neither be rest nor peace unless you find them both in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no rest or peace anywhere else. Jesus is truly our rest. He's truly our Sabbath. Only Jesus Christ can give you the peace and the rest that your soul desires, that your heart hungers for. Jesus is the one that gives rest not only to your body and to your mind, but But praise His name, He gives rest to the Spirit. Because when you know Jesus Christ, you know that knowing Him means you're going to spend eternity with God. And think about it, friend. That's the greatest Sabbath of all. That's the greatest rest of all. Amen? So my prayer for you today is, you you say, I don't have any peace. I don't have any rest in my life. Jesus said, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus was talking about those who are trying to earn their way to heaven on their own, who are trying to be good enough and, and, and do all the right things, cross all the T's and dot all the I's. Jesus said, you're never going to find rest like that. He said, you want rest, you want peace? Now in eternity, Jesus said, then come to me. I want to challenge you, surrender your life to him. You'll find peace and you'll find the rest that you desire. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, I pray for those that need to make a decision this morning. I pray they'd have the courage to step out, whether it's to 
to surrender their life to Jesus Christ, to finally receive that, that rest and that peace that their heart, that their soul has longed for for so long. Or maybe they need to rededicate their life. Father, maybe there's someone here who is a Christian, but they've never followed and been obedient to Christ in baptism, that they would make that decision. Maybe there are those here that are looking for a church home. If, if you're leading them this way, Father, I pray they'd make that decision. Whatever needs to be done and whatever decisions are made, I pray they're done for your glory and for the kingdom. In Christ's name, amen. Would you stand, please?